Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks for listening in on another episode. Or if this is your first time stopping by, I'm grateful to have you. This podcast is all about the getting started moments, the turning points that got each guest started on a new path toward happiness, the ups and downs of the journey, how they were able to commit to a change, and all the lessons learned along the way. I hope you all enjoyed this particular episode, so let's jump right in and get it started. On this week's episode, I welcome back in a former guest, Sophie Barron, who was on episode 91 of the podcast. And now fast forward two years, she's really grown the conversationalist um, into a a platform uh, where folks can have open dialogue and difficult conversations, especially for the Gen Z group, and just why it's so important um, to have that dialogue and be able to have these discussions um, about many varying topics that are going on in our world today. So I hope you all enjoy this conversation I have with Sophie. And without further ado, please welcome in Sophie Barron. Sophie Awesome to have you back in the podcast. Brian, thanks for having me. This is one of my favorite shows, so truly an honor. Well, I, I, I'm very humbled that you said that, and, and I'm really appreciative of that. And I, I love following your journey. Um, obviously, we met you know, through the Next Gen community a few years back. Um, it's been almost two years, looking back, that you were on the podcast before. So I'm excited to, you know, one of the things I've I've wanted to do with the podcast is I get over 200 episodes here and, you know, four years doing this podcast is I've had so many great guests like you on. Well, it's like, it's like the, you know, it's used to, we used to, what was a VH1, like, where are they now type stuff? Like what, uh, you know, like, well, it's been a couple of years. What are, what are you getting started with now? What are some new endeavors? What are even in the endeavor you have, like with the conversationalists we'll talk about is like, how is that adapted? What are new things with it? So I want to get into all of that, but first welcome and, uh, and, and glad to have you back. Thank you so much again for having me. I know we met, it feels like yesterday, but now I've known you for a couple of years and it's just been awesome watching your journey being episode 91. And now you have over 200 episodes. You're just oh. killing the game. Well, I, I appreciate it. But again, it's been great guests like yourself kind of coming on and being vulnerable, sharing your story. And, and that's one of the things I love about you is not only are you very vulnerable online and, and sharing a lot of stuff, that's what you're about and your platform's about and, and stuff like that. So can we start there? Maybe share with everyone what you're doing with the conversation. Just a quick overview of what that is, because um, we'll talk you a lot about it. that today. You got it. And thank you so much for saying that, Brian. I I believe that vulnerability really is a superpower. So anyways, long story short, I started this platform, The Conversationalist, two years ago now, which is crazy, and we've pivoted many times over, which we'll get into, but we really think of ourselves as a nonpartisan educational platform helping Gen Z break outside of their echo chambers and have conversations about really important topics. So we started out as a multimedia platform through COVID, pivoted towards more of a community platform, and now we're creating a new product, which I'm very excited about. We're about to launch the first Gen Z talk show where we bring together seemingly different Gen Zers to talk about really controversial issues. So that's a little bit about me just trying to bring voice to the next generation and talk about issues that matter. And and let's start there just for folks listening. I I don't think they'd be surprised maybe by your answer. We'll see. But why is that even necessary? Like, why do I mean, we know where the world's at, but why have you felt like this is really an issue right now? Oh, Brian, this is what keeps me up at night. I think for me personally, 
my upbringing really led me to believe that I didn't have a voice. And so I think first and foremost, Mm -hmm. the aha moment that I had in my journey is that every single person has a voice and it is so important that that voice is heard. So I think first and foremost, we're put on this earth to have purpose, to make a difference. And the way that we go about that is through conversation and communication. And so My first answer is we've got to communicate. We have to have conversations to solve the issues around us. So that is why this mission is so important to me. And then I think fast forward from the era we're living in now, starting with 2016 now to 2021, it's become apparent that there is such a disconnect, not only in our country, but in our world at large. And I believe that that disconnect is due to the echo chamber. We're constantly self-selecting with groups of people, the communities we belong to, that only reflect ourselves, our ideologies, our belief systems, our backgrounds. And in order to really be an active citizen of this world, we have to open up those chambers and see the world through someone else's eyes. And so I think in order to grow as individuals, as human beings, and to really be able to really address the world that we live in, we have to break outside of those chambers. So that's part two to my answer. It's so important to talk. Well, and I even look at this, I I know I'm a lot older than you. um, So I even look at this back when I was growing up, you had now, now given I'm not that, you know, I'm 38. So it's not like going back where only you only had three channels on the TV and, and all that. Yeah. but by at least, you know, I had MTV, I had stuff like, you know, we had, we had a lot of stuff in the nineties, early two thousands. But what, what I'm getting at is I could turn off the noise if I want. I can't really turn the noise off nowadays. Now I can, I could shut my phone down. I can go for a walk, whatever. But yeah. in terms of there's so much, like, even if like, if I'm trying to grow my business and I, okay, I got to be on, maybe these social platforms, but not, there's always noise coming in. You see a headline, you see, you know, someone talking, there's so much media out there. So everything, it seems like gets, at least in my eyes, it's, it's the surface level used to work because I was like, okay, we get the gist of it and we can move on. Now it's like, it's so deep. And to your point, it could be so selective where you could really get down a rabbit hole and start to, you know, the mind can start all of a sudden, forcing yourself into one direction versus seeing both sides of the aisle, you know, at least that's what what I've observed as I've, as I've grown older. So. Yeah. And I would even attempt to say it's more than two sides. I think we're often led to believe with the rise of social media, that there is only a right and a wrong, a black and a white, a left and a right, a red and a blue. And I think it's so important that we consider the multifaceted nature of so many issues around us. And I think now it's a matter of cutting through the noise. There seems to be no option to ignore what's going on in the world around us. And so a lot of what we do is trying to cut through the craziness and really give people multiple sides of different issues so that we can choose for ourselves and have that agency. Well, part of this comes down to, I think the, and I'm not a a therapist or anything like that, but the psychology behind who we are as humans, because we want to be a part of that tribe and we want to, you know, we, we could pick and maybe we'll, we could talk about a few today, but you know, you could pick any topic in the world, right. um, That's going on right now, whether it's political, um, whether it's, you know, obviously with, with the vaccine or not being vaccinated, like that's a big topic, but all of that, it's like, okay, I'm going to choose something and I'm going to go so hard in it versus to your point, which I think is the right one is just be open. It's okay. You can have your opinions, 
I think that's relevant. Like we got to have our things that we believe in. But uh, my argument to a lot of folks is why do you believe in that? If it's just because you read a headline or because, you know, it's kind of like the one thing, this is going on a long tangent. I'm sorry, but one of the big things like I'm, and I don't mind saying it because I think it's public knowledge anyways, you can look is I'm um, unaffiliated. It's for my political party. I don't, I don't, I think the political party system is, we don't, we can get in that. I think is, has its issues, uh, but I'm unaffiliated. And the reason is I'm like, just because let's say if I was a Democrat, why would I just go vote down the ticket of everyone Democrat? I, who, what do those people stand for? What are, what are they going to do? What are they going to help out with? And I think we've gotten to this point of like, nope, if it's a quote unquote blue issue or if it's a quote unquote red issue, I have to believe in that. And I'm like, I don't know that logically that doesn't seem right to me. <laughs> I don't know if that's something you guys are talking about or thinking about in terms of starting these conversations, you know? For sure. And that's so valid, Brian. I mean, what you said is definitely a hot take that we need to unpack on the conversationalist. Yeah. And I, I completely respect that that's where you come from. I think yeah. nowadays, the current political climate has forced us to feel like we have to align with a side. Yeah. And that side is only a binary system. And so I think what my platform is attempting to do in a nonpartisan way is find a way for everyone to share their beliefs openly and honestly without fear of judgment so that we can better understand how to solve the issues around us. Because like you said, it's not often just a one-sided answer, what to put on your voting ballot. Um, And it's complex. And I think like you said, it goes, it predates us. It predates our ancestors. You know, it was a way of life even back in the caveman days that we needed to flock together with people who were like us to keep us safe. That was how people survived. And I think in a way, this issue has an interesting history because it's coming up in different ways throughout history. But nowadays, the the divide has, I think, become a little bit more palpable for those of us who do exist in the online sphere. So it's it's super interesting. How much do you find, and maybe this is part of the motive behind what you're doing, but is I mentioned this earlier, is now there's so many options. There's so much information. And in the news cycle, it goes so quick of like, be, most folks don't want to digest all that information or they don't want to listen to a three hour podcast or they just kind of want to, okay, I saw this or that, you know, cause again, it goes back to that mentality of like, oh, I just watched the local news tonight for 30 minutes. And now I got, now I'm up to speed. Well, no, you're, you're may not, you're not up to speed because there's a lot of deeper questions you might not have asked. So how do you kind of get past that noise that's out there with the conversationalists and what y'all are trying to do? It's a great question. And I think every day we're exploring new strategies. We're trying to be agile and open to adapting based on what young people want and need. Because you're right, there are a dime a dozen news outlets. There are a dime a dozen platforms trying to initiate dialogue. Mm -hmm. But I think for us, we're trying to establish a value system. We're trying to create content that will keep people coming back because what we're doing is unlike the other options out there. And I think since the last time we spoke on your show, a lot has changed with what I'm working on that has allowed us to lean in to, I guess, what is a little bit more controversial about the nature of my platform. And I think leaning into what we're all about has helped us cut through the noise because I'm realizing that my the work that I do will never be for everyone. 
-hmm. and having limited our audience in a way, and we're speaking to a very specific type of person, Mm -hmm. we're able to cut through that noise to really understand what that person wants and needs. And I think the last thing I'll share is given what has come out in documentaries, like the social dilemma, things that have happened over time, um, with, you know, Cambridge Analytica, there are so many things out there in our world that we're kind of opening our eyes up to that seek to divide us. I think in a creative way, we've embraced the tools by which we are divided to reconnect us. So we are one of the only platforms that truly show people multiple sides of an issue. And so I hope in a way we're helping people reclaim their social media feeds and the space that they take up so they can choose for themselves. So I think in crafting our platform in a very unique, specific niche way has allowed us to cut through that noise. Are are partly what you're talking about, there's there's obviously a big initiative, it seems like, of deplatforming people because, hey, we don't believe in their thoughts or their views or whatever it might be, it doesn't mean they're, and this is one thing I'm finding out is it doesn't mean they're incorrect or doesn't mean, you know, factually they may be correct, but if it doesn't go with a certain agenda, these bigger platforms have the agency to just say, nope, your account's deleted or we're going to, we're going to demonetize this or whatever. Is that a big thing of what you're trying to get to is more of this open sharing and yeah, they're tough conversations. They're uncomfortable, but th- they're needed in our world. Completely. That's, the essence of what we do. But here's what I'll say. It also becomes increasingly difficult to draw that line because I think nowadays the majority opinion doesn't have the same definition of hate speech as our platform does. We've been able to set strict guidelines. We've drawn the line in the sand, but at the end of the day, we have to create those values, those rules, those guidelines for ourselves within our own conversationalist ecosystem because you're right, cancel culture is more prominent than ever. And our platform is seeking to open up the conversation. So I think what's been great is we always strive to showcase multiple sides of an issue. Um, But that I've learned again, has become super controversial. Um, So I feel like any day now I'm going to get canceled for showing those different opinions. But at the end of the day, that is what I so fervently believe in as the tool to bring us back together. How do you get when, when, and I'm talking from a naive spot, because in terms of the guests you're going to have on, I don't, I don't know where you talk about the talk show and stuff. Are are these folks, are they just going to be kind of your everyday people that just kind of have a certain, you know, um, passion for issue? Or is it going to be someone that has a deep rooted knowledge? Because I I feel this, this, we have this very um, blurred line of opinions and facts nowadays. So how, how is that going to be structured? How, or how are you, how are y'all thinking about that at least? It's a phenomenal question. And here's what I'll say. I think in general, it's become very hard to determine the difference between fact and personal truth. Mm -hmm. And so it's something that we're constantly working against, right? We're trying to strike that balance where people can feel like experts in their own experiences while also making sure that the numbers, the figures, the data are sound. Mm -hmm. So I think we're going to do a lot of internal work to make sure that We're sharing correct information. However, going back to that line, we give people the benefit of the doubt, right? Our platform really believes in seeking to understand people. And I think a lot of times people who hold a quote unquote controversial opinion or an opinion that conflicts with the majority has a reason 
for believing what they believe in. And so our show will really serve to dive deeper into why someone believes what they believe. So the main show will have everyday Gen Zers who have different opinions on a very central question that relates to a hot topic. So, for example, instead of just having a conversation on abortion where we bring pro-life and pro-choicers together to have that debate, we narrow down the focus to an episode title around, should we be able to ban abortion? And we bring on two Gen Zers that say yes, two Gen Zers that say no, and then we structure the dialogue to be able to really get to the bottom of why these Gen Zers believe what they believe in. So it's tricky. It's going to be a learning experience every single day, but we definitely err on the side of understanding, hearing, and seeing someone for who they are, because that person genuinely believes what they believe in. And what is a belief? It's just something that we've been told time and time again since we were young that has become truth. So we want to really get to the bottom of that so we can really understand where that person's coming from. Well, and my assumption is where y'all are trying to go with it. It's not like, it's not a game show. It's like, oh, this group won on this side. It's, it's, it's just to expose like, hey, there's different opinions. Open up the thinking with hopefully that uh, folks listening in will say, you know what? I never heard it that way before. Let me go research a little bit more. Let me, let me open my mind. That's the whole goal here, right? Yes, Brian, exactly. We're, of course, going to make it fun, right? It's a Gen Z talk show, so it won't be a game show, but we'll find a way to really make it interesting and compelling because at the end of the day, we're just trying to open up people's minds. Uh, As a platform that's mission is to unify the world, we just want to show people that at the end of the day, we can have a difference of opinion and coexist. We don't need to compromise our beliefs. We don't need to change our minds on any particular issue. However, we need to be able to see one another, understand one another, and hear one another because that's the human experience. We all have a right to exist, and we need to learn how to coexist. I'm going to take a a hard left turn because I want to make sure I get your thoughts on this, especially where you've been. Yeah. One. Well, first is, um, how have you grown in two years? What it, like whether it's it, it just kind of the way you think, or maybe it's maybe you change your belief system on something. You can you can kind of answer however you want. But do you look back at the Sophie two years ago when you started this, and where have you come in that time? That is such a big question. I'm actually going through this very interesting transformational moment that I think will answer your question. So two years ago, when I was on the show, we talked a lot about how we were seeking out to bring everyone together to unify, have these conversations and live happily ever after. And I think the Sophie two years ago really believed that this concept of having conversations from multiple points of view was something that everyone agreed on. And because of that, I created my platform in such a way that was so nice and warm and welcoming because I really believed that every single person agreed with what I was doing. Mm. And I think so much of my life up until now has been about people-pleasing. I always want to be liked. I always choose the easier route for the ease of it instead Mm. of embracing discomfort And I had a really interesting realization a couple of months ago that helped me understand that the work that I'm doing is not for everyone. 
I really believed that we could all hold hands and kumbaya and come together because everyone wanted to have conversations. But for the first time, I realized that the notion of breaking your echo chamber and having this hard conversation is actually something that a lot of people disagree on. And I think this led me down a rabbit hole of trying to better understand how I personally can realign the way that I'm approaching the problem I'm solving from more of a radical stance. I think for those who know me, if I was asked to ascribe an ice cream flavor to the type of person I am, I think I've always been vanilla. I've always been the nice girl trying to play it safe. And for the first time, I'm really leaning in to that spicy, rocky road flavor that is really forging a unique path to make an impact in the world. And I'm trying to establish this new moment, this new awakening for my brand that almost resembles that Miley Cyrus shave your head moment to get our name out there because what we are doing is inherently radical. And I think because of that, I'm becoming more comfortable with my voice and standing my ground on the notion that the only way back together is to hear these different points of view. And I'm realizing now that that is not for everyone. I'm getting a lot more hate. I'm getting a lot more pushback. And the Sophie two years ago would have shut down completely. I would have stopped what I was doing. I probably would have continued to build the conversationalist in a way that was savory for everyone, especially the majority. And now I'm getting more comfortable with the fact that this is what I'm setting out to do over the course of my lifetime. And that is my point of view. And I'm going to respect what anyone else wants to do to solve that issue. Yeah. But right now that's my approach to it. So that's, that's what I would say has been my, my evolution. What you, you mentioned a lot of goodness there. Um, and it's awesome to see that transformation. Was there a, a like one moment that you remember that kind of triggered it? Or is it just a series of events? What, what would you say in terms of that awakening that you call it? So I would say it's two things. One, back in May, there was a lot happening in Israel, Palestine. There was a lot of chatter on social media, a lot of misinformation being spread. And so, of course, as our platform, I decided to share a bunch of viewpoints from real people in real time about the issue. I shared literally copy and paste what people were sending me, paragraphs on paragraphs about their take on the issue, reposted them to my Instagram story, and allowed people to freely and openly agree or disagree with that particular stance. And for the first time, every single slide had a complete opposite reaction. For something that appeared to be more pro-Israel, there was equal agrees and disagrees to the strongest of the sides. Mm -hmm. And the next one, it would flip and flip and flip and flip. And for the first time, I think I realized the heated nature of a lot of these issues around us and how much personal truth is rooted in these perspectives that are completely valid to some extent, but are completely opposite from view to view. And that was the first time that I received a lot of backlash. A lot of my Jewish friends were reaching out, expressing concern for the views that I was sharing on one side of the spectrum. I had a lot of, you know, of my other activist friends who were sharing other sides of the spectrum. And I got a little flustered. I, I really started to wonder, is what I'm doing the correct way to solve the problem? 
because a lot of the backlash I was getting is that it was harmful and dangerous to share these points of view. So that was one truth. And the other truth from my point of view was that each viewpoint has a complete contrasting opinion from the same group of people. And so how important is it to actually continue sharing those views so people can have the agency to see them, digest them, try to better understand someone else, and then decide for themselves where they want to stand. So getting that backlash through such a divisive moment in the Middle East opened up my eyes to the problem. And then what closed the deal was when I visited Austin in April, I had an amazing conversation over dinner with one of our partners, Mike Johnson. He's, he was on The Bachelor. He's just an incredible human. And he was talking to me a lot about how throughout his career, he's felt similarly to how I felt of always being the nice guy. He always played it safe. He always posted the same types of content because that was what was true to him. But he had an awakening that in order to actually make an impact so that you can do more of the work you want to do, sometimes you have to be a little controversial. When you think about the most impactful people in our history, they are always people who have put their views out there, have taken a stance, oftentimes in a radical way. And that's sometimes what we have to do for the bigger picture. And so I think that conversation really allowed me to have the confidence to step into this new chapter where we're not necessarily going crazy. Like I'm not shaving my head off, but I think a lot of what we're doing now treats the nature of the work that we do as the controversial nature that it is. Wow. I want to let that, that digest. Was a long, that digest long-winded answer. Well, that, no, <laughs> Thank you that, for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> I think that's so relevant because I, I think the, you know, we talk about the getting started journey and the continuing down a path that you believe in those, those, I mean, you talk about pivoting with a conversationalist, but you've pivoted as a person, right? Not just the platform. And I think being open to those, um, those feelings, like, am I really being true to myself? Am I living my ethos? Um, those are hard things. I've gone through the same, you know, over the last handful of years, it's like, I use the word controversial. I, I agree with you, but you know, something along there, you create friction, right? There, at some point you feel like I can't just, you know, just kind of um, him and haw and be like, yeah, maybe I'll post this, maybe not. It's like, no, if I believe in this, if I think this is if maybe radical, but if at least I believe like it's going to help the world, because you're a great person, right? From what I got to know, you want to put good in the world. Sometimes it doesn't come across probably like that. And to your point with some of these stories, but you're doing it in the way that you felt was impactful or where you can be impactful. And I think as long as it comes from that place, you know, we have to have the courage to put that out. And I so appreciate you saying that, Brian. I feel the same way about you. I really am at the end of the day, just trying to make a positive impact. Right. And it's it's interesting that you bring that up because I actually just shared something on social media last week where I think for the first time I was vocal about this struggle I was having. You know, I shared about how I, I time and time again preach this notion of unifying and how important it is to break your echo chamber in order to come closer together with people who have seemingly different views than you do. And I also shared that I've gotten a lot of pushback, 
like I told you, I get DMs, emails, messages, calls constantly with people saying that what I'm doing is wrong. And I think at the end of that post, I really shared that at the end of the day, I'm the only person who knows my heart and my intentions are pure. The only reason I'm doing this is because I think it will have a positive effect on our entire world. And I've seen it work. I've seen the magic of bringing people together who have seemingly different ways of approaching the world and seeing them foster that understanding from one another. But oftentimes people take that at face value. And then after I shared that post about how at the end of the day, when people don't ask me about my intentions and jump to conclusions about me and the work that I'm doing, at the end of the day, it's not up to me to please everyone because I know my intentions, but I got pushback on that. I had a couple of messages reaching out to me saying, Sophie, what you just shared, essentially saying that at the end of the day, it's only about your intentions that matter. That's actually really dismissive. And I don't agree with that point of view. And no matter what I do, I'm learning, I'm going to get pushback because you can't please everyone. And so I really believe at the end of the day that this all stems from a good place. And I just wish more people would ask about why I'm doing this and why I wanted to create this impact and my approach to solving the issue. Because oftentimes people see something, they automatically assume a million things about you, but no one stops and says, Hey, I'm sure Sophie had a reason for dedicating her whole career to solving this issue. And I'm sure she's had sleepless nights tossing and turning about it. Let me ask her a little bit more about why. And I think people, people oftentimes just jump to conclusions and that's where I think it's okay to say, if, if you're not here to really understand my point of view, then it has to go both ways. Well, I think there's a, and there's a greater challenge with, you know, when it's surface level, it's and it's headline. I call it the headline reading, but I, and I, and I feel bad because again, I, I look at the journey you've been on or, or I've been on even recently. And, and a lot of folks in, in our circle and stuff is you kind of look, okay, where were they? And they went for, through this transformational change and they think differently. And almost all of those folks, I don't agree on a lot of stuff, but they're open to the conversation. And then to your point, a lot of the folks that reach out and maybe make negative comments, or again, you might be saying something that's very vulnerable and, and, you know, like, okay, here's why I'm doing this. And they could still have those comments is because I don't think a lot of people have put the work in themselves. And that's why I, I think the, you know, the jumping from one issue to another and saying, oh, I'm going to latch onto this today. Cause this seems like where it, it's that whole going back to, I want to be a part of a tribe. And, but if you don't know really who you are, you're going to keep following maybe the wrong people. I don't know. That's how I, I, I guess I try to compartmentalize it um, of like, Love you that. know, why people jump on to certain things. It's because I, I just don't think they know who they are yet. They haven't gone through that struggle of figuring it out. And I am on that journey myself. I mean, I just recently started therapy and it has been life changing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what my therapist has shared with me is that sometimes the people who are reaching out and critiquing myself or the work that I'm doing might even just be shining a light on something about them. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to do my best to be a conversationalist, constantly give people the space to share their opinion because that is completely their right to do so. Yeah. While also realizing at the end of the day that I also am going to continue to have my own point of view. And at the end of the day, that's what we have to do in order to have a healthy functioning society. So yeah. 
you're right. I think a lot of times people don't, they don't stop and think or put in the work themselves. Well, you made a good point because I could think back to even 15 years ago, you know, like I was very judgy. I was very like, you know, I'd be like, Oh, look who so-and-so is doing and make excuses of why I'm not doing it. And I think that's part of it. I kind of um, relate this to like, if folks are kind of on our peer level, you know, they're not, they're not the Oprah Winfrey's or like, you know, she's way out there. It's like, you know, I'm not getting there. But like, if they're on the pure level, it's like, oh, why, you know, why is Sophie able to do that? And that, again, it goes back to, it's like, you're, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost like a, a, a knock on you if you're not doing stuff. So instead of accepting that and be like, all right, let me hold myself accountable. What can I do different? It's more, let me project on her and make comments. I, I think that's part of it. It's again, not going through that work. Um, totally. But I, I, I'm trying my best every day to seek to help other people understand my intentions yeah. because that's all I can do. You know, exactly. if I had a megaphone to share one notion with a lot of the people that give me that pushback, I would say, how can we ever change someone's mind if we can't understand it first? And I think that's something that I've been trying to live my life by right at the end of the day. I know that this is the path I want to forge. Mm -hmm. And I so believe in the work that I'm doing. And sometimes at the end of the day, that has to be enough. When someone reaches out, reach out to you and says like you're wrong, are they saying you're wrong with the the viewpoint that you're promoting, or just wrong to share like the voices of the? I, what I, I'm curious what they're what you're wrong about. What it's you- the latter. I would say it's a combination of factors all around my approach to bringing people together. There's a a consensus from a lot of the people that reach out that truly feel that hearing differing points of view is a very harmful thing to do. And so that's a lot of the pushback. You know, why should we listen to views that oftentimes platform harmful or hurtful ideologies? And again, it goes back to the line that we're drawing in the sand. I completely agree with that premise and why someone would not want to hear a certain viewpoint. And I'm here to say, if that makes you uncomfortable, don't listen to it. And there's also a point where we have created our own definition of what it means to be hateful. And anytime someone crosses that line, if there's a view that expressly advocates for the elimination or physical harm of someone or a group of people, that's where we draw the line. And I think oftentimes the quote unquote majority line of hate speech is any point of view that expresses another opinion that could have the potential to cause emotional harm to someone. And so we have to draw that line a little further back than most, because right now with cancel culture, there really isn't a great semblance of free speech. And so that's a lot of the pushback is that hearing multiple points of view is harmful and dangerous. And therefore we should not be having these conversations. Well, and I I like that you're taking the approach of, you know, with, with the group that you are, right? The the Gen Zers, because they're the most impressionable at this point. You know, they're not a 55-year-old, no offense to 55-year-olds out there, but like, you know, like some 55-year-old is probably set in their ways. Not that they're not going to change, but it's a different time. So I think the Gen Z group is like, they're, and by the way, too, with the university, I, you know, you hear all this stuff. I'm not in these universities, but I hear all this stuff. Of, you know, I, I watch enough, listen to about, what's being taught, what's being um, advocated for, and how how there are kind of closed doors and there's not these open conversations. So I think the group you're going at 
it seems like the right audience to help for the long-term future. And the numbers show. There's, there's a statistic that 66% of Gen Z is interested in connecting with someone who thinks differently than they do under a shared social cause. And I think on top of that, 78 or something percent of Gen Zers actually seek out daily conversations about diverse social issues. So this is the right demographic. Obviously, Gen Z is not a monolith, but I think for a generation that is sometimes wrongly coined as like the most sensitive generation, I think we're actually the most open generation because we are the diverse, most diverse generation to date. Good point. Gosh. I, so Brian, this I, is awesome. I know this is, you know, I, I just so big on open. And, and by the way, too, I, I think the reason like I've been very open on open dialogue is because I think I was so sheltered growing up. And I didn't have the viewpoints I had were from my parents or grandparents or, or some of the group I'll, you know, I'd be around or I'd watch the news, um, the local news or whatever. And like, that's where I got the viewpoints. And I didn't have the, um, the intellect, I guess, if that's the word to think outside the box to be like, well, wait a minute, let me question this. What, the, what could this be? Or, okay, I believe this wait, am I actually right? Could it be? So I appreciate what you're doing because I think it's so important to like change your viewpoint or not just change it, back up what you believe. Okay, I got more information. I still believe what I believe. Great. But I think the big thing is it doesn't mean that the other person is a bad person because they believe something different. That's the biggest learning I've had. Someone else might be totally wrong. Factually, they might be totally wrong. I might not believe uh, what they believe. Maybe it's more of a matter of opinion, but it doesn't mean they're a bad person. I can go play golf with them. I can go, you know, have a, have a drink with them. I can enjoy a holiday with them, you know, whatever it is. Um, I think that's the biggest epiphany I, I, I would encourage, or I, I hope most people would have. Brian, oh, that is, that is so real. I think that's yeah. also why I, why I'm on this path, right? Yeah. I felt so sheltered growing up. And if only I had had a place where I could have had access to these other points of view, I would have been able to question what I was told. And I think a lot of what we do is just trying to give people the resources to do that. And so again, it goes back to what you're saying. It goes back to coexisting. We have to find a way to hear one another out and just acknowledge the basic premise that someone had a very different upbringing than you did. Someone else comes from different lived experiences than the ones that you have. And those are oftentimes the factors that influence our belief systems. And if we can get to the bottom of that, right, like why you believe what you believe in based on your environment, based on your upbringing, based on your biology, we can better understand where the common ground is. Yeah. And I think right now, we're so far away from even coming to the table. And a lot of what I'm seeking out to do every day is just get people to the table. We yeah. don't have to find common ground. We don't have to agree. We don't have to find a middle as long as we're coming to the table and actually having the space to hear each other out. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. We're, uh, so this, this TV show, if that's what we're calling it, or is it going to be actually on TV? Is it going to be like, uh, am I going to watch it on YouTube or some other platform? Like where, where's it? Tell me about how the, how people are going to find out about it. How do they watch it? How do they, what's the, what's the, the details? Totally. And Brian, you're actually the first person hearing this. I haven't announced any of oh, this publicly, but 
here we are, the Just Get Started podcast. You heard it here first. We are gearing up to film the show in person with real people in a studio space in New York City in the new year. So hopefully, once we have the content ready to roll out, we'll start on a platform like YouTube. We'll share the episodes to our website. We'll share bite-sized content across social media platforms. And then you know, big picture, just going to manifest it. If we could potentially get it on a larger streaming platform down the road, that would be awesome. You could maybe watch it on a Snapchat, who knows? Um, but as of now, we just want to get started. And that's what it's all about. I just want to put our, put myself out there and awesome. start walking the walk. Really yeah. just wanted to build a place where we're actually having the conversations in real time because nothing beats face-to-face conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Sophie, this is, uh, you know what I didn't even get to ask you? I had it written down here. I got to add just about being about Times Square. Oh my gosh. I got it. This uh, is such a random right turn now, but I have to ask you, like, what was that moment like? Maybe share with everyone what happened with that. Oh man, Brian, that was the craziest day of my life to date. Um, we got super lucky in that as we were developing the show, we had someone that wanted to help us amplify our vision. And so we had a billboard in Times Square back in July with my face on it, advertising our new talk show, POVs. So it was the craziest day. I cried my eyes out when I saw it. You know, this little girl from Kansas living out her big <laughs> New York dreams. Um, and now we're we're going full speed ahead to make the show a reality. So thank you so much for asking. It was just the craziest day of my life. Well, that's wonderful. Okay, so folks want to connect with you, say hello, all that. Where's the best spot? Yeah, start a conversation even. Yes. Um, check out, check us out first and foremost on social media at The Conversationalist. We're posting about current, relevant, oftentimes controversial topics all day, every day. So check us out on socials. And if you want to keep that conversation going with other young people, join our community. We're on the Geneva app 24-7, young people from around the world initiating and having those conversations in real time beyond social media. So if you go to our website, if you go to our link in bio, even you can join our community um, on the Geneva app. So get in touch, get involved and let's get the conversation going. Sophie, thanks so much for joining again today. This is glad to have you back uh, on another episode. Brian, thank you so much for having me for doing the incredible work of just amplifying voices and conversations. And I'm so inspired by you. Hey everyone, just one more quick thing before you skip along in your day. You know, if you do enjoy this content or other things that I've put out or just enjoy learning more and trying to adapt your thinking uh, to become happier each and every day, there's a couple of things that you may benefit from. Um, If you go to my website, brianandraco.com forward slash subscribe, you can sign up for my newsletter that goes out once a week. And that's really a digest of a lot of information that I gather throughout the weeks, whether it's a new video that I think could be informative or a podcast that's been valuable to me, book that I might read, etc. Um, secondly, I blog three times a week, and these are more micro blogs, one to five minute reads, short digestible blogs that'll send right to your inbox on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning. So check that out on my website, brianandraco.com forward slash subscribe if you think it's something you might enjoy. I hope you all have a great day, a phenomenal week, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Mm-hmm.